Coffee. Welcome to another juicy episode of Atlantic Discuss. Today is going to be a special day because we have another very powerful topic to discuss. We have another guest in-house. We have Mr. Nate Farmer. But before we introduce him, you know, we just have to let you know that at Atlantic Discuss, we embrace humanity to disseminate positive news in a world filled with very bad news. We give a voice to the unheard all the time. We balance the information equation. We discuss the facts wherever it leads to. We combine the best of all races and the best out of mankind. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed world. We embrace art, sports, politics, IT, and faith-based issues. We never run away from the fact. So let me introduce our guest. His name is Mr. Nate Farmer. He was born and raised on a farm in rural North Carolina. Uh, he grew up almost all white, with almost all white people in uh, Southern Christian Church. He joined the army directly after high school and started traveling the world. He was stationed in Germany for three years and three more years near Seattle, Washington. He attended community college for two years and has worked in various types of jobs as a delivery driver and a carpenter. He's also, uh, he also officiates youth sports. He's a passionate father and fantastic husband. Mr. Farmer, welcome to Atlanta Discuss. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Thanks for the introduction. Okay, so today's topic is uh, clearly racism in America. Is it getting worse or just exaggerated? to talk about this you know so mr farmer now let's let's just go straight to the point okay what is racial bias and does it really exist or is it exaggerated uh well uh, racial bias is when you um <clears throat> when you think uh negatively or positively about another race um you know that's like uh, cu- cultural relic relativism uh, when you compare, let's say you compare the, my white race to uh, black people, and and I say you know there's something wrong with those black people. Well, that's that's wrong. That's not right to do that because um, you know we all come from different backgrounds. So it's dangerous to compare uh, one group to another group B- because you don't know. You may not know what that other group is going through or what that person is going through and also it's dangerous to um to have racial bias because not all black people are the same not all asian people are the same not all mexicans are the same we're all different you know you have um you have um, uh, black people that are educated and some are not educated and you know you can't lump everybody all into the same you can't pigeonhole everyone into the same uh, stereotype because people have uh, various degrees of education and uh, things like that. So, you know, we're not all the same. So that's why racial bias is dangerous. And it, it's not it's not exaggerated. Now, I do believe that two things can be true at the same time, that there is more racism uh, these days, uh, because of the election of Donald Trump, I think that brought out a lot of racists out from their hiding holes. But I also feel like the media is also reporting it more than they used to. 
So, um, you know, it's it's definitely not exaggerated, but yes, it can be reported more than it than it used to be. So I hope, I hope hopefully that helps answer your question. Yes, I mean it, it gives a better a better explanation to what because I've I've been with people that is that well maybe they're it that I mean but like you said they're good black people they're bad black people they're good white people they're black white so being bad is not fixed with a race or being good is not so we don't have to be stereotypical about. It. I agree with your analysis. So, but I mean, it's important to add that we're also on Nido Radio. You know, Atlantic Discuss is also a program on Nido Radio. So, it, this program is also on Nido Radio. So, you can always, uh, all of our listeners can always chip in once in a while. But the topic, as I said earlier on, is racism in, in America. Is it getting worse or is it just exaggerated? And our guest today is Mr. Nate Farmer. You know, he's a great guy. So he, he says it the way it is always. So what are the causes of racial bias, Mr. Farmer? Well, I mean, it's a pretty long list. I mean, you can start with ignorance. That's one cause. Your upbringing and how you were brought up, you know, how you were raised by your parents. Uh, racism is not, uh, you're not born with it. You're taught racism. Um not seeing life through someone else's eyes or you know uh, if you don't put yourself in somebody else's position how can you know what they're going through how can you just assume that that black guy that you see on the corner uh, walk into the store how do you know like you don't know what he what he's doing I mean you don't know where he works I mean you know, if somebody, if someone, if someone assumes that, you know, it's like, oh, it's like 10 o'clock on a Monday morning, he's walking to the store while I'm driving to work. He's obviously not working. Well, you don't know that. Maybe he works the night shift, you know. So uh, you, when you see life through other people's eyes or you try to live in, in their shoes, you can see what they're going through. Uh, I would say also media coverage on issues and uh, TV shows, you know, like uh, Fox News. They portray black people as lazy, uh, welfare cheats, stuff like that. Like, for example, um, when you see protesting and stuff on TV, uh, you know, maybe the protest was 95 or 99 percent peaceful. And one person got out of hand and did something bad, and the media reports that. That's like that's kind of like something Fox News would do. You know, uh, when white people riot, you know, oh, uh, January sixth was the. They say that was a tourist visit. There were like tourists. I'll guarantee you. I'll guarantee you if those were black people rioting on January sixth at the Capitol there would have been massive deaths. The police would have shot everyone and killed a lot of people. They wouldn't be inviting them into the Capitol. So media coverage is a big one. Uh, thinking that your race is superior to somebody else's race, that's a cause of racial bias. You know, like, and then the whole uh, Donald Trump phenomenon, 
I think that just brought out a lot of racist people and kind of gave them cover to, you know, um, gave them cover to take their white rage out on everybody else. Because I think these crazy white people have been building up this rage for years. Donald Trump, you know, they hate Hillary Clinton. They hate any kind of progress or progressive movement. They want to keep everything this, the way it was in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and even before that. You know, after the Civil War was over, we had Reconstruction. And uh, through the KKK and, and politicians, they took away a lot of rights of black people and enacted these Jim Crow laws. And then in the 60s, the Civil Rights Act was passed, and these things were deemed the, uh, unconstitutional. But a lot of those crazy white people with the white rage, they want those days to come back. So, you know, Donald Trump gives them cover and motivates them, motivates their bad side to come out. And that's how I see it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's interesting what you're saying because you're white and you, I mean, you're speaking honestly from the bottom of your heart, I, I think. Yeah, but is it fair to say that uh, black people black people can be racially biased towards uh, people from Africa? For example, those uh, blacks that were born in America, sometimes I've heard reports of people from Ghana, Senegal, Nigeria, say that uh, black Americans here treat them somehow. Can we call that racial bias also? Well... Maybe not racial, maybe not racially biased. You know, maybe there could be some jealousy there. Um, you know, um, black people that were born here, they've grown up here, and their parents and grandparents, you know, maybe they were, their ancestors were slaves. These people have been dealing with a lot and they have a huge burden on their shoulders, you know, ever since they were, ever since from the time they were born. And then some African people come over from Africa and they start businesses. They they were successful in Africa and they brought that success here and they became successful. And, you know, uh, some black people might resent that. Like, hey, that person just got here and they're already successful. They didn't have to deal with all the police brutality, driving while black, things like that that I've had to deal with. Uh, I, I'm just speaking as if I were a black person talking about some immigrants from Africa that came here. I'm, I'm just speaking like as if I were black. I'm trying to think like they would think. So um, an African person comes here, starts a business, gets rich, and the black people are like, yeah, but I've been here my whole life. And I've been dealing with all kinds of microaggressions, in-your-face racism. And that guy just came here from Nigeria, and he doesn't have—he doesn't know anything about that stuff. He doesn't know about the microaggressions. He doesn't know about the driving while black. He doesn't know about the stop and frisk on the sidewalk. And these, and these white people have just been beating us down, you know? They don't want to give us any power. And here comes this African guy with a business and he's got a lot of money. Well, what about me? I grew up here. You know, 
I don't think it's racial bias. I think it could be some jealousy. But, you know, also, um, there, there, are, uh, there are black people that think that African people don't like them either because maybe they're not good enough or they think that black Americans are lazy or, you know, something like that. But uh, I don't think it's true. I don't think that the majority of black people are lazy. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, I find, you know, black people are really hardworking and, you know, there's always going to be lazy people. And then even the media, the media will, will portray the black community as welfare cheats and stuff like that. But when you look at the stats, the major the majority of people on welfare are white people. And that's not something the media reports a lot, you know, especially Fox News and the right-wing media. You may hear it on left-wing media or some kind of progressive talk show, but most of the right-wing media and even mainstream newspapers and stuff like that, uh, they report the news through like a white lens. I guess that's their audience. You know, recently, in the past couple of years, the Kansas City Star has came out and apologized for their racist reporting, you know, from since they were founded as a newspaper. They had to apologize for all the racist things that they've reported in their in their newspaper. So that's another good example. Interesting. I, I like the way you, you know, that it worked both ways, you know. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, it's the people that come, black people from Africa do not necessarily know what the blacks in America have gone through. The slavery, we don't really know much of the history, so maybe that's why we don't get the right uh, uh, notion. So, but I do think we have to find a way to bridge that gap. So, let me put it this way: uh, How can we explain racism to a child? from your personal experience and perspective? Because it's, I mean, everybody's giving back to kids now. We have to explain it to them because some people like- yeah, She goes crazy. Uh, anytime, the, anytime yeah. the doorbell rings, she goes nuts. Oh, uh, okay, it's okay. So what I'm trying to say is that, I mean, I understand your argument very well. I mean, black people from Africa don't really understand the history of the black America vis-a-vis slavery. Yeah, we don't know, and uh, so and also, I think for the white folks, I think one of the problems they might be having is the changing demography. The Latino population is really growing. I mean, the, the facts are there that they might be the largest uh, uh, voting block in the near future, and I think the blacks too are increasing in population. So those, those might be. I'm not sure, but I think one of the things that like a threat to the white population. But my next question... I would like to go back to talking about, you know, black Americans and African Americans, or Africans. Um, So, in my opinion, uh, black Americans and Africans obviously have a lot in common. I mean, (laughs) they're both uh, dark-skinned. You know, black Americans, their ancestors came from Africa. They were stolen. They were kidnapped. They were you know, uh, enslaved and brought to America, the Caribbean, and all these other places. Now, um, I see a lot of similarities more than differences. When you think about how black Americans were treated 
in slavery and after slavery and even now and go all the way back to Africa the Africans that stayed there were victims of colonialism imperialism and these uh, white uh, nations and countries taking advantage of them so you had you have white people taking advantage of black people here and you had white people taking advantage of Africans over there so in my opinion like Africans and uh, black Americans African Americans should look at it like hey we've both been wronged by the same people so we need to work together to be stronger and be united against racism and that's how I feel about that Yeah, fantastic. I love I love that response. I really I really like that chat you guys do. We're still on Atlantic Discourse on Nido Radio. As you all know, at Atlantic Discourse we just go for the facts and nothing more. That's all we do. So let me ask you this question, uh, Mr. Farmer. How can we explain racism to a child from your personal experience and perspective, you know? Because children now, a lot of them are confused. They don't really know what's happening. People have been bullied. In, in middle school for their racial uh being black you know so sometimes vice versa sometimes black to black so but how do we explain it to you well to be honest with you i have never experienced racism as a white person that i know of i mean directed towards myself but i do have a black daughter and she's was born in nigeria she lives here now and i always tell her don't let people mistreat you don't let people uh don't let people play with your hair touch your hair you're not a you're not an exhibit at the zoo uh don't let people disrespect you and you know things like that that's what i tell her now i will tell you um about an experience that i had in seattle washington when i lived up there um so uh I was roommates with a bunch of uh, Filipinos and um we went to a birthday party it was like a Filipino party it was I was like there was like maybe one or two black guys and one or two white guys and everybody else was Filipino and so we were at this party and these guys were having like some kind of a dance competition at this birthday party and and some guys started beefing at each other and they got into a fight and they broke a window and the alarm went off so we're outside of the parking lot and the police pull up it's like King County Sheriff's Department in Seattle Washington they pull up and they put all the Asian people up against the wall and did the frisk them and question them and i just stood there in the parking lot and they totally ignored me i mean they didn't ask me. i was with these people they didn't ask me anything they didn't like uh, check me for anything they just totally ignored me but all the asian people uh guys and girls ladies and guys whatever had to stand up against the wall and get patted down for weapons and whatever else they were checking for so that's that's when i experienced like some kind of racism directed towards my friends that i was hanging out with but i don't think i've ever experienced it myself 
Okay. Is there a way out of all this? Do you do you, what? What do you think are the solutions to all this racial profiling, racial bias in America? I think we know the statistics show that a lot of blacks have been killed by police this year alone. I mean, I don't have the exact figures, but I know they're, they're very terrible figures. So now, what do you think are the solutions? What can we do? To, to deal with these scenarios, to mitigate against all these disasters. Is there a way forward? Is that something the government can do? Is that something the citizens should do? Well, uh, for the, the first thing I would like to see happen is reparations. And that would be uh, paying about 14 or, you know, 14 to 16 trillion dollars to black people in America that were wronged by slavery and not only slavery but uh, after slavery when black people started inventing things these ideas and patents were stolen from them and used by white people to make money and you're talking about about 16 trillion dollars that at least that that's the starting point that is owed to the black community in America because like um, the automatic transmission was invented by a black man. The refrigerator was invented by a black man. The air conditioner was invented by, guess who, a black man. Peanut butter was invented by a black man. All these things were stolen from black people and used by white people to make money. So there's a massive gap and we need to fill that with reparations and money to black people. That would be a good start. And uh, free college for black people, most definitely. Uh, Massive funding towards uh, HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. That would be a good thing. I would roll that into the reparations part. Uh, Police reform. So you you try to end police brutality as best you can. Uh, ending qualified immunity, which um, which now means that a police officer cannot be sued for doing his job, even though he uh, murders someone or violates somebody's rights. In the process of doing his job, he can't be sued, and that's wrong. That the police officer should be allowed to be sued by someone that he violated the rights. Of. There should be a national database for corrupt police officers that are dirty, who violate people's rights, who have killed innocent people, and they get fired in one city and go work in another city. There should be a national database of those police officers so they can never hold another badge or a gun again or work as a police officer. Like, if you're convicted, that's it. You're done. Anyway, the other city, they should know what kind of dirty things that cop was up to in the city he got fired from. We should be teaching CRT, which is critical race theory, because racism is systemic. Critical race theory would help that a lot if we were to teach that in high schools. Uh, We need to be teaching African-American history in our high schools, not just white history. When I went to school, we were only taught the white version of history and how great our white founding fathers were. 
we weren't taught about slavery all that much, you know. Even in the state of Texas a few years ago, they passed a law saying that any textbook that talks about slavery must talk about slavery in a positive light. For example, yeah, the um, the slaves had free housing and free food. You know, they were they only had to work six days a week. You know, <laughs> they were allowed to work outside of outside of their plantation. They were allowed to work on other plantations. I mean, that's ridiculous. Slavery was horrible. It's America's original sin, and this country has never apologized for that. Yeah, but let me let me interject you. I mean, I've listened to you very well, and uh, it's all you're just saying what white people should do, reparation, that. What what role do you think the blacks have to play? Don't you think they have to do some things also, one way or the other? Yeah, I was gonna get to that. I was gonna okay. get to that on the next on the last question. Okay, go ahead. Well, will you oh, let's just say do you have so, any message to people generally on how to deal with racism and a message of hope. That's the last question. So you might take it to me. Yeah, yeah I would say uh, uh, don't give up. Fight at a hundred percent. Black people and white people and Mexicans, Latinos, Asians, everybody, uh, people from the Middle East, they need to build alliances and allies with other ethnic groups outside of your own uh, racial group. You know, like um, uh, white people need to be allies of black protesters and walk with the protest. You know, when you see a protest and it's it's mixed, white people and black people standing up for Black Lives Matter, that's a positive thing. When you see Asian, black, white, the Middle Eastern, everybody a Latino involved, I mean, that's a positive thing. So we need to keep building on that and make that stronger. You know, if we are united, if we are united across all racial groups, we can defeat racism easier. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, uh, pressure, pressure the good white people to stand up for what's right. You know, uh, sometimes good white people can be racist even though they don't think they're being racist they are so uh, they're such a goody two-shoes type of person that they don't even consider racism wow yeah police brutality they will think like you know police are good people you know everybody is a good person surely he didn't do that but you know that's like that's what like being too naive so you have to pressure good white people to stand up for what's right i like the term uh white silence is violence if white people don't stand up for what's right they're basically condoning police brutality and all kinds of racism that's why even though i'm white i believe in standing up for black lives matter and getting behind it and just supporting it 100%. Um, you have to get involved with your community and be prepared to boycott a local business if they have some kind of problem or they do something to support racism. You know, like if they, if they fire uh, somebody wearing a Black Lives Matter pin, 
you know, I saw that in California there was this uh, there's this white uh, waitress and she wore a Black Lives Matter pin on her uniform, and the restaurant fired her, and people started boycotting the restaurant, and they hired her back. I mean, that's a good, that's a good thing. You gotta put pressure on these people when they do stupid things like that. And I would just say, educate yourself on the issues, past, present, and future. What are the things that happened in the past? What's going on now? And what's coming at us in the future that we can try to deal with now and 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 stop it before it becomes a problem? Wow! Thank you very much, Mr. Farmer. You 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 make a juggler. You say the way it is. That's why at Atlanta Discourse we like to balance the information equation. You know, we discuss the facts wherever it leads. So we've been talking to Mr. Nate Farmer from North Carolina. You know, he was born and raised in Wilmington. You know, he's worked in the army. He's a, he was he grew up with people in the Southern Christian Church. He has served as a coach, a passionate father, he's a community man to the end. So thank you, Mr. Nate, for joining us. We'll call on you next time because there's a lot you can share with the world. So we are still on Atlantic Discourse. That's going to be our bit for today. The topic, as you know, is racism in Amer- racism in America. Is it getting worse or just exaggerated? Sanit has told us what's really happening it's still there, but there's a way around it. If all the good people keep quiet, racism will grow. We're all equal before the law. We're all equal before God. So united we stand, divided we fall. Black people from Africa and black people in America, you've all been victim of some colonialism or racism or slavery. So there's no reason to antagonize one another. So we're going to leave it there and we'll come next week with another extremely juicy topic. That's how we end for today. Have a nice and fantastic day and weekend ahead. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Mr. Farmer, for joining us. Uh, you're welcome, and always remember to vote. All right, we will. We will. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome.